Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. He sounds pretty good. He sounds pretty articulate. Wolf and Luke. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Hi, we are live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. It is the Wolf and Luke Show on a big red Monday. Unfortunately, following a big red loss to the Eagles, Wolf, I'll just get this out of the way, right out of the way. I blame myself because I wasn't here on Friday to wear the headband, and look what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, you know what, honestly. That'll be on on Friday. How about that? Don't worry about that. Yeah, Yeah. you know what? To wear the headband, Luke, where were you? Hopefully you had a great weekend. I did have a great weekend. You know, until yesterday. But yeah, I had a great weekend prior to that. Okay, beautiful. And it'll be, trust me, I'll have it this Friday. And we're going into a road game against the Seahawks, so, you know, we can get to that. But yesterday, yesterday was rough, Wolf. Uh, We just talked about it with Bickley and Murata, and I'm having a hard time processing one part of this in the sense of this team has lost football games before. And if you look at the football games this team has lost over the last season and a half, which is really just a calendar year because they weren't losing last year at this time, the actual loss itself wasn't even as bad as some of the other other losses they have had, but this one just really stings for some reason. Yeah, just the vibe I, around everybody's just miserable know, it's, today. It's amazing that you say that, Luke, because for whatever reason, I... I'm angry today. I think a lot of people are angry today. I am like, they went out and they competed against a really good team. I've been talking about the Eagles all week long and what I was seeing on tape and how they didn't have a weakness, save for one thing, basically, and that was their rush defense. Yeah. And I think to a large extent, it played out that way. And I today, the Cardinals went out and they were competitive against a team that... I, I really too believe is going to be a playoff team, and that five and zero is real. Now I'm not saying they're going to go seventeen and zero. I'm not saying that, but they're a good team because of the players they have on that team. I don't see a weakness, and yet the Cardinals were competitive, and yet. They couldn't do it. They couldn't score 21 points when their defense only gave up 20. I think I think that's it. Because what I have been sort of wrestling with for a good chunk of this season is why the fan base is as angry as it is. And honestly, Wolf, if they had hit that field goal yesterday and won the game in overtime, I still think a good chunk of the fan base is angry. There's this like this this anger just bubbling under the surface of the fan base right now. And I think a lot of it, even if they would have won the game, I, I think. I think just big picture anger, yes. Even if it wouldn't be the same today, obviously it would be a lot happier. But I'm just saying it feels like there is a, a portion of the fan base that's expecting the worst now. And so, yeah, you win this game, well, they're ready to pounce if they lose to Seattle next week or whatever. Now, obviously, if you win, that goes away, but they're not stringing together wins. They haven't won very many games over the last 12 months now, and they haven't won any of their last eight home games. And I really think a lot of that starts with the fact that they're not winning at home. Yes. You're not rewarding your fans when they come out to a game. Those fans they had to deal with Eagles. Eagles fans yesterday and watch Eagles fans celebrate yes. in their stadium. I yes. think it's that and it's just the at this point predictability that they're not going to score in the first quarter. And, and once again, there it is. It comes back to the offense. 
as as well. Mm-hmm. It's not just hey, you know what? Home field advantage should be a home field advantage. But not only that, your offense. Look at the offense. Oh my goodness, the offense and the strength of this team is going to be their offense. And yet, these slow starts continue to happen to this offense. Overall, when you look at what the offense did for the Arizona Cardinals, it's not like they stunk. The Philadelphia Eagles defense is an elite defense, top five defense in the National Football League. The Cardinals went out there. They had 23 first downs, Luke, 363 yards. There were 8 of 14 on third down. They they gave up one sack. Yeah, and by the way, Kyler Murray got face masked on that sack. It was not mentioned at all. You know, I'm just saying, once again, it wasn't like there was this abomination of play on the field. And that's what's making me angry as well, that this offense, for whatever reason, again, did not score a point in the first quarter and really didn't get it going until midway through the second quarter. And it's just, that's what's getting you so angry is the over and over and over, the consistency of futility in which we're seeing to start games. Yeah. What is going on? Yeah, no, that's it. I think I think that's it. I mean, I really think that, that we're hitting it right here because in a vacuum, losing to an undefeated team by three points when, yeah, you messed up at the end of the game. We'll get into that. And you also kind of got you know a tough break there right before you got the ball back with Jalen Thompson. And having to burn that timeout, yep. but either way, yep. losing a game like that to an undefeated team stings the next day. Makes you even more angry. But, but yeah, but it, <laughs> but but you would also, as a fan base, be able to be like, okay, but look how close we were to beating right now the best team in the NFL. I still think Buffalo is a better team, but the best record in the NFL. But it is, it's that repetitiveness of not scoring, and you just you know they're not going to put up any points in the first quarter. And the offense, you know, you can't be mad at the defense at all. They're they're giving up nineteen point seven five points per game since week one. You can't be mad at the defense at all. The fact that they are only 2-2 two and two in those four games, they should be 4-0 and oh in those four games if your defense is going to allow less than 20 points a game. Yeah, you know, and again, it was Kyler Murray, the slow start. Kyler Murray was right there in front of him. Kyler Murray has been the most consistent player for the Arizona Cardinals. Can I tell you that right now, my brothers? It's the truth. He's been the most consistent he, he hasn't been consistently great, but he's been consistently solid for the most part. And I would say he's the only guy you could really say that about. Maybe Hollywood Brown as well. You could throw him in there as consistently solid. But... Man, he was right in the middle of a slow start once again. He was right in the middle of it. He made some inaccurate throws early on. He didn't look for his opportunity to pull the ball down and run the ball. As a matter of fact, he didn't scramble until, what, midway through the third quarter was the first time he pulled the ball down. Midway through the the third quarter. Jalen Hurts already had 10 carries for 49 yards and two touchdowns on the ground at that point. He he underthrew Hollywood. Hollywood Brown on a post that got picked off. Um, he missed a wide open Zach Ertz. I mean, there were there were opportunities early on that he just missed. He missed and, a wide open Zach Ertz late too. <laughs> yes, and you know, to me, once again, um, that's really disheartening to see Kyler right in the middle of all that when he's been their most consistent player. Uh, here's Zach Ertz speaking of after the game. He said he's open to suggestions on how they can start faster. 
Uh, I'm open to suggestions. Uh, um, I mean, if I had the cause and the solution, I would have already figured it out. I've already made those suggestions, but it just comes down to finding finding a way to make a few plays early. Third down, stay on the field, convert. It seems like when we get a first down, no one can really stop us. I don't know what the stats are, but I would be very interested to hear about them. Um, how our offense is after we get a first down early in the game or on a drive, what our success rate is going forward. Um, but we just got to find a way to execute early in the game, especially on third down. And we got the talent, we got the players, we got the schemes. Uh, just comes down to execution. Well, I think realistically, when you're looking at the season so far, you have to set week one aside. Like they just got smoked by maybe the Super Bowl winning team. Who knows? Whatever. Set that aside for a second. The other four games, if they get off to a good start against the Rams, if they get off to a good start against the Eagles, they really might have won four straight games. That would be what we're talking about here. You can't guarantee that, but these have been close games that they've lost, and it is so glaring that they have no points in the first quarter when you're losing a game by three points. And yeah. it's 20-17. to 17. It's not 41-38. to 38. It's 20-17. to 17, Or you're losing to the Rams 20-12, to 12, but your offense didn't get going until late in the first half. Yeah, yeah exactly, Luke. And that's part of the thing that's making me angry right now. Honestly, I, and I don't, by nature, I don't walk around angry. I do not, Basinonians. I can't stand it. Yet the intensity is here, and I feel the anger, and it's frustration is what it is more than anything else. I mean, it's, it's important to understand. I'll give you another example. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray overcame his poor start again for the third time this season and brought his team back again. That should be something that we're looking at and being excited about. Kyler Murray has brought his team. We haven't seen a lot of that in the first four years of Kyler Murray being around here. We have not seen a lot until this year. Now, all of a sudden, he he brought his team back, tied the game up 17-17. Then, all of a sudden, the Eagles go on a legendary, and you got to give them credit, legendary drive down the field that took over eight minutes off the clock, went down the field, kicked the field goal. Um, Okay, now you're down 20-17, and Kyler Murray brought his team back again. Not only to tie it up at 17, but brought his team back to give them an opportunity to kick the field goal and go into overtime. And it wasn't happening. And again, it it absolves nobody. Especially the color analyst sitting up in the booth doing the broadcast. It absolves nobody. But it does make you angry. All right, we come back. What exactly happened at the end of yesterday's loss to the Eagles? We're going to take you through everything with Big Red Reacts next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. It is the Wolf and Luke show from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals training center out here in Tempe. The Cardinals dropped to two and three after a twenty to seventeen loss to the Philadelphia Eagles, who now Wolf are five and zero. Oh, still the league's obviously only undefeated team. 
there were moments there where I thought the Cardinals were going to pull this off yesterday and end that undefeated season. It didn't happen, though. They got off to a slow start and then a bad finish to the game. So let's get caught up on all of that right here with Big Red Reacts. Wolf and Luke. Big Red Reacts. Reaction to yesterday's Cardinals game. Brought to you by Wicopa Casino Resort, where world-class action meets four diamond splendor. Now you got three men in the backfield. Snap to Hurts. Another quarterback sneak. They push him forward into the end zone for the touchdown. Hurts in motion left to right. Snap to Murray. Fakes the handoff. Drops back to throw. From the pocket. Throws a deep ball. Taking a shot. It's underthrown and picked off at the 35-yard line by Gardner Johnson. Gets up and runs to the left and is up to midfield before he's tackled. And now they got Hurts under center with Goddard right behind him. He takes the snap. Quarterback sneak to the left. Being pushed by Goddard and into the end zone for the touchdown. Snap to Hurts. Three-step drop. Pressure off the edge is picked up. Hurts now doing circles in the backfield, running far side, and finally sacked by Zach Allen at the 11-yard line. The Cardinals kept at it. It's a loss of 12. Allen gets the sack and forces a punt. Takes the snap. Three-step drop. Looks over the middle. Throws, and it's caught by Brown. First down. Makes a man miss at the 15. Cuts right to the 10. And Brown is into the end zone for the touchdown. Hollywood Brown has been spectacular. So Amendola on for a 20-yard field goal try to cut into the Philadelphia lead with three seconds left. Snap. Ball is down. The kick is up. And the kick is good. And that's the end of the first half. Snap to Murray. Drops back to pass. In trouble. Hit. And smoked. Back at the 32 by the former Cardinal, Hassan Reddick. Loss of about 10, and the Cardinals will have to punt. Play clock at one. they got to snap it. They do in time. Hurts back to pass. In trouble. Steps up. Sack. Murphy got him at midfield. A loss of about 10. And now the Eagles are going to have to punt. J.J. Watt was back there, too. Round motions behind Murray, left to right. And it's a handoff, left side. Benjamin with room at the five, and Benjamin's in. Touchdown, Cardinals! Eno Benjamin getting it done. And a point after away from tying the game with 9.43 to go. 23-yard try to give Philly the lead. Snap is good. So is the spot. The kick is up, and it's perfect. The Eagles take a 20-17 lead with a minute 45 to go. Snap, ball down. The kick is up, and it's no good. He missed it. Wide to the right. It remains 20-17 Philadelphia. That never had a chance from Amendola. Eagles are going to win. Jalen Hurts takes a knee. This one's over. The Eagles win it 20-17 to remain unbeaten. Philadelphia goes to 5-0. The Cardinals fall to two and three. Yeah, there you go, Wolf. Right there, the uh, the, the final sequence. Um, we'll talk to Cliff Kingsbury at one thirty today. Obviously, he's going to speak to the media uh, as well. But we'll have our exclusive one on one with him as we do every Big Red Monday. Uh, I'll be honest. When Kyler Murray first slid, I did think he had the first down. And then when yeah. I showed the replay, and right. okay, maybe he didn't. But but in the moment, I was like, okay, he got the first down. Okay, they're going to spike it here. Like I, I can see how they how that that thought process worked right there. 
it just it can't work that way if you're on the field. Obviously, I can I can miss see it and think, okay, that was a first down. There were parts of that game where I didn't think were called very well for either team. I'm not saying that was one of them, but just in the moments, that's why you want to have that last timeout. Although I will say this, I thought they managed their timeouts better in the second half of this game. Finally, they just the Jalen Thompson injury that thankfully isn't ultimately an injury, and it sounds like he's fine. Yeah, that forced them to burn that last timeout, and then you would hope that doesn't cost you the game. They were moving the ball in that last drive. I have no doubt that if they could have called a timeout there or if they had gotten the first down when Kyler slid, if he had dove forward or whatever, they would have picked up another 20 yards on that drive, no problem, I think. You know, I I can't say that. I I can't say that for certain. I do know what they did. I thought it was very, very impressive moving down the field, no doubt about it. The Jalen Thompson forced timeout once again because of injury. Oh, my goodness. That That part's just bad luck. Oh, just horrible, horrible right there. And can I also say, too, Kyler Murray thought he had the first down. He thought he had the first down. To me, once again, you got to know that you yeah. had the first down. And I'm not blaming Kyler Murray again. I think he's the most consistent Cardinal through the first five games of the season. Kyler Murray didn't lose them that game. No, but that is one of those plays we always talk about. Oh, should, should Kyler be running more? Can Kyler be running? The, the reason I always come back to he could be running a little bit more is because he is so good at self-preservation. But yes. That moment, that is one of those few plays where you may need to not risk injury, but risk it a little bit more by diving forward to make sure you have the first. Kyler Murray did not lose that game for the Cardinals, but he didn't win it either. He didn't win it for the Cardinals because of what he did. Yeah. And he's got to know that. And I'm hoping, I'm really hoping, Kyler, today, after sitting there and thinking to himself and watching the tape, I'm hoping that he says, you know what, man? I got to own that. And I'm going to learn from that. I'm not going to let that happen again. That's what I want to hear from my franchise quarterback. I want to hear my franchise quarterback say, that was me. I messed that up. I started my slide. They marked it correctly. Yeah, no, they did. They I'm, I'm not it. saying they messed that up. I'm exactly. just saying in the moment I could see how watching it, especially, oh, especially can, on TV, they have the line. So you think like, okay, he's over the line. He's yes. Yeah. And I can totally understand as well. Well, you get up and you come on, spike it. Spike. Everyone's telling you to spike it. And I don't know even if the recording, what was going on, right? If Cliff, Cliff was saying that yeah. or not. I don't know. What I do know is this. They spiked it. And I totally understand why. He did it, thinking it was a first down. But again, a learning opportunity for Kyler Murray, because you can't let that happen again. And this is kind of the reason why I'm angry as well, because I'm sitting here criticizing a guy when I lost games myself because of a call that I made on the field, and suddenly a block punt happened. The other team grabbed it, touchdown. We lost game. Two of them in my career because I mess it. So I know what it's like to do that. And I'm sitting here criticizing somebody like he lost the game for him. You know, um, that's what's making me angry, too. Well, it's it's not. I don't think anybody looks at this and says, oh, Kyler Murray lost them the game. The play calling wasn't great early. Kyler did mess up there at the end. That's a 43-yard kick that, that needs to be made, and it wasn't even really yeah. close. I mean, there, there were a lot of things that conspired. But still, you can't let that happen. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, you can't. There, there was you a lot can't. of things you can't let happen, but the reality of the situation for this team now is if you're not going to score in the first quarter, if you're not going to win with your offense, then your best-case scenario is going to be close games in the final two minutes. Most of the games in the NFL 
this year are close in the final two minutes. But if the Cardinals are just not going to score in the first quarter, the way they're going to win games is going to be like in week two, where you're scoring at the end of overtime, or in week four, where you're grinding out a win over Carolina, or like yesterday, had they made that kick, or had they marched down the field and just scored a touchdown that final drive. So if that's going to be the case, you basically have to be perfect in those final two minutes. You can't make mistakes, because you're leaving yourself no margin for error, because you're not scoring in the first quarter of any yeah, of these games. Right, exactly. No, and, and once again, you know, it, it is. It's a situation. Accountability is so important inside a locker room. Accountability, especially in the game of football, because of the very nature of the game of football and because of the intensity in the game of football and the rage and, and a lot of that that you play with out on the field. Once you walk in between those white lines, my young crunk brothers, it's on. It's on. And because of that, accountability is so critical. You have to tell the truth. You have to tell the truth about how you played and what you did. And I'm hoping that we're going to get some guys wearing that and saying, you know what? That's not going to happen again. It seems like there was a different feeling around this team after this game. And, you know, we'll get more into that throughout the show and throughout the week. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620. 620 right now. We come back. The offense was supposed to be the strength of this team this season. So why did they kind of give another game away yesterday? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, welcome back to the show. Here it is, Wolf and Luke, live from the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. The Cardinals dropped a two and three. You know, Seahawks also dropped a two and three, as did the Rams. San Francisco got a win yesterday, so the entire NFC West is separated by one game right now. Wolf, um, the frustration today, and I think it's been building this season because to me, some of the questions I have, like when we're you know we're kind of doing the post game stuff yesterday and some of the rapid reactions and you know getting ready for the show today. Why? Why is everybody so frustrated? Right now, why are people so frustrated with Kyler Murray? Is it because of the contract? Because, like you've been saying, he's really kind of been their most consistent player this season. I think, though, what it is is so much money was invested into the offense, and this team is built around its offense. And Cliff Kingsbury is supposed to be an offensive genius, and you expect the identity of this team to be the offense. The defense was almost neglected, just financially. That's the way it was viewed. The defense is, is playing some gritty football that you can get behind. The offense isn't pulling their weight. I think that's what's getting to people. No, and, you know, once again, um, the seat was angry that day, my friend. And the reason being is because the offense, in a gross simplification, of the truth lost another game for this team. I, no way around it. I, I, there is. Yeah, exactly. And that's how I feel. There isn't any way around that. They, they didn't show up against the Rams when the defense only allowed 20 points. And they didn't show up yesterday after the defense gave up another 20 points. You know, I you got to win those games. 
I nobody showed up against the Kansas City Chiefs. Okay, so I don't blame yeah, offense or defense. Yeah. Nobody did. <laughs> Everybody's out. Everybody just forget about that. But game the offense point. did show up in the second halves of the Raiders game and the Carolina Panthers game, mm-hmm. right? And those were wins. Um, it, it's so frustrating is what it is when the strength of your team, and it just reminds me, man, it just reminds me of this, this truth. Basinonians, when you think something in a team sport is your strength and it becomes a weakness, everything dissolves. Everything. When you think you're really, really good at the power play in the game of hockey, and guess what? You aren't. You stink. You lose in term- a lot. You lose a lot. And there's a lot of um, there's a lot of collective uh, that you lose as well. That confidence when that is not a true statement. And the Arizona Cardinals coming in here once again, their their strength of this team, it was going to be their offense. And when your offense is not your strength and goes out and plays like it has, especially in those two losses at State Farm Stadium where you haven't won in almost a calendar year, man, it's 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 hard. And that's the reality, the harsh reality, and that's where I'm at right now. At some point, this offense is going to get better, right? It is. It's going to start right. Who knows? Well, I think you're on to something right there, though, when when you have... When you have the expectation that something is going to be your identity, you know whether it's football or really anything, and all of a sudden that is—it's not just—it's not even that it isn't their identity. It's—it's a—it's been a negative for them. The offense has really been a negative for them for the most part. It's not like they're turning the ball over a ton, but it's just right. not really doing anything. Right. That—I mean—then you have just a, a, a crisis of confidence in the middle of an NFL game against an undefeated team, and it's—it's it's showing. It's showing early in the games. Now I know nobody wants to hear positives today. I do. Think think there is something to the fact that they are fighting back in the second half of these games. They weren't doing that last oh. year at the end of the season. But that doesn't make it any more or any less frustrating, I should say, on a Monday morning when it's like, you could have beat the Rams a couple weeks ago. You could have beat the Eagles yesterday. Well, why didn't you do it? Well, the offense where we invested all of our money and all of our resources, eh, it just isn't really showing up for half the game. Just really got off to a slow start. And honestly, once again, hey, it was 14 nothing. I know the defense did a great job and only gave up 20 points. They gave up, what, six? Um, You know, six after they gave up 14 points. But still, think about that. It was a start. It was the start of the game. And spotting a good team, the Philadelphia Eagles, 14 points before you got going. And I think that is the thing that is really gnawing on my bones this morning. Is just that right there. That and the fact that I'd love to see this team come out and try to run the ball. And run the ball in particular in a north-south kind of way. Run the ball early. They handed the ball off to James Conner. I think it was the first play of the game. He got four yards, and all of a sudden it was the horizontal game once again. And I just I don't understand that. They had a drive. They, their first drive where they really got going in this game, they were starting to move the ball, and then they ran that weird reverse to Rondale Moore, and it was just... 
it, it, you look at that and you're like, do you feel like you have to win a certain way? <laughs> like, do you feel like you're getting going to get style points if he breaks that for eight yards? When it felt like at that moment they could just get seven or eight yards at a time. Yeah, I think that's adding to the frustration as well, for sure. Now, as far as the end of the game yesterday, Kyler Murray uh, talked about, he was asked if, if he just assumed he had the first down. After the play, um, everybody's screaming clock, you know, in my ear. So, assuming, yeah, I had the first down. So, that was part of the confusion. Um, they also asked him if he if he was looking at the sideline when he started to slide. In that moment, you know, just not, not trying to um, trying to get down as quick as possible to be able to save as much time as possible. Um, hindsight, you know. Would have loved to get a couple more yards, one yard or whatever it was. Um, you know, you got the rule when you slide. When you start to slide, that's where they stop the ball. So um, it's unfortunate. Yeah, you know, it is totally unfortunate right there. And yeah, you know, and that's the thing. Situational awareness, once again. Kyler is a young guy. Tell me you're going to learn from this. Own it and learn from it and say that's never going to happen again. This is this is part of the process. He's not a finished product. We all know that. Um, yet at the same time, I see growth from Kyler Murray bringing his team back again for the third time. And yet, that's why I'm so angry. Well, yeah. Because he didn't finish the deal. Because I'm thinking of a couple plays we've seen from other teams, you know, at the start of this season, the end of last year. Like, that, that wasn't Kyler Murray pulling uh, Dallas at the end of their playoff game where they ran out the clock on themselves. He did still manage to get them a 43-yard field goal attempt, which typically Correct. more often than not is going to go in. That was not Nathaniel Hackett against the Seahawks on Monday Night Football slowly running down the clock so they could try a 64-yard field goal or whatever. They got to a 43-yard field goal. I think if they get the first down there, they were moving the ball just fine. Look, they may kick a field goal, make it, lose in overtime. Sure. I mean, that, that's, let's be real. As good as the defense played, the Eagles were able to march down the field at the end of the game. But it, to me, it just keeps coming back to you have no margin for error when you are built for your offense to put up 30 points a game and you are struggling to put up 20 points a game as an offense. In fact, you're not even putting up the 20 points a game. Yeah, and you know, again, uh, Kyler Murray has played the most consistently, I think, of any Arizona, uh, Arizona Cardinal, especially on the offensive side of the ball. That said, this has got to be a learning process for him. This has got to be something he's going to learn from and say, that's never going to happen again, and hopefully that will be the case going forward. This offense will be better. As he grows, this offense is going to grow, but I love the fact, and it's the thing that gets me so frustrated, that again, he brought him back, brought this team back, tied it up, 17-17 game, now it's 2017, you got a minute 45, you got no timeouts, took him down the field, had the opportunity to kick the field goal, to tie it up and send it in overtime, and it didn't happen. It didn't work. And Kyler was in the middle of that. All of it, good and bad. Got to learn from it and move on. All right, we come back. ASU did pick up a big win over the weekend. And given what happened in Carolina this morning, maybe there's a tie in there between the Panthers and the Sun Devils. We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Wolf and Luke Middays, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. All 
right, well, there was some good news for Valley football over the weekend, Wolf, on Saturday at Sun Devil Stadium. The Sun Devils, a 45-38 upset win over the Washington Huskies. And before we get into that, I want to start with the the news out of Carolina this morning because there may be a tie-in. We'll see. Um, Carolina, in case everybody missed it, Matt Rule is out. Steve Wilkes is the interim head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Wow. You can make this a local story a few different ways, right? Because A, Steve Wilkes is coaching. is the head coach of a team somewhere. Matt Rule is out, and that is somebody that ASU has been linked to as at least ASU fans would be interested in, in Matt Rule. And if you want to take it one step further, Matt Rule was just barely into year three of a seven-year deal worth $62 million. Wow. So, coaching contracts a little bit different than player contracts. Okay, so let me just start. Where do I start on this one, Basin Earnings? Where do you start when you think of what Matt, what what Luke just said in regard to this situation? Um, for me, Matt Rule is a guy that totally conformed to the National Football League, tried to become an NFL coach, and really didn't bring a lot of the new age offense that he was known for. And because of that, I thought it was really interesting. He blended a lot more old than he did new. And I thought that was going to be something he was going to be very, very good at, and it wasn't. He made a mistake, in my opinion, not doing it. You do need to blend the old and the new, in my opinion and not ignore one or the other you need to be capable of being whatever you need to be to beat your opponent and i thought when they agreed to go out and get baker mayfield they pretty much tied their hands as to the kind of offense they were going to be running but having said that this is a guy who's got a great college reputation are you making it seem as though ASU would be interested and that Matt Roll would be interested? It's at least something to look at, right? Now, to be fair, Sean Aguano just led ASU to a win over the Huskies, ranked 21 in uh, in college football over the weekend. ASU put up 45 points. Emory Jones got hurt in the game. Quarterback switch midway through. And in fact, uh, Sean Aguano, after the game, talked about how now the quarterback room will be a bit of a competition. Well, I say battle because uh, it's competition in the in everything, and I think in the quarterback room it'll be competition, um, and uh, competition makes everybody better. Um, and so, when I say battle, I'm not saying that he's going to be the starter, but it's going to be a, a good battle from a competition standpoint that'll make each other better. So now ASU's got to win. They got to win over one of those three ranked teams that we were talking about. That's right. I didn't think they looked all that bad against USC last week, all things considered. I mean, there's a, a very different uh, a difference in talent between those two schools, but I think they looked all that bad against USC. Just that's my way of saying that in each of the three games Sean Aguano has coached, ASU has looked better and yes. it culminated with a pretty nice win at Sun Devil Stadium. They haven't lost to the Huskies at home since 2001. That's stunning. <laughs> it's Can you imagine that right there up there? You're up there in Washington. You're just saying to yourself. Are you kidding me? We never win in Tempe. They really don't. And they've they've had some good uh, some good teams. The Huskies have. So I would assume Sean Aguano. You know, you've still got six more games. I would assume if this team continues to perform better and better, they're going to at least have to take a look at him. But yeah, going back to what we were just talking about, Matt Rule is one of those names that right out of the gate, people were like, hey, you know, Matt Rule was a really good college coach for a couple different programs that he revived. 
maybe it's not working in the NFL. Well, now we know it's not going to work in the NFL because as of this morning, he's out in yeah, Carolina. Right, he's out. Can I just go back to the game itself right Please. there in Trent yes. Borgay? Are yes. you kidding me right now? Um, yeah, there's there should be a quarterback battle. You better believe we got a quarterback fight going on in Tampa. How do you not? Don't we? <laughs> of course. Um, it's not that Emory Jones did not play well. Um, I thought that he was off to a decent start. It's not that he didn't play well, but Trent Borgay came in and the throws and reads he was making mm-hmm. in this game. I have to tell you right now, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of dudes who walked off that field and said, man, we saw that in practice. This kid has got a little something. And because of that, man, I'm going to open it up and say, hey, the best guy is going to play, just so you know. Well, I always go back to what you say in situations like this where, and it's not a knock on Emory Jones, but if the players feel like this guy gives us a better chance to win, how you have to be real cautious if you go down that path of, no, we're going to go back to Emory Jones. Because if Emory Jones struggles against Stanford or Colorado, they've got two pretty winnable games coming up, then that whole locker room is going to be like, what are you doing? And it's it's even complicated that much more in this situation, Wolf, because Sean Aguano probably isn't going to be the coach next year anyway. Yeah. So he's like, let's win now. Right. You know, I, he's got no real loyalty to any one particular player. He is whatever's going to win us games right now. So that's even amplified with ASU at this moment. So are you saying that you'd move forward with Trent Borgay as your starting quarterback? Is that what you're saying? Uh, he's 15 of 21 for 182 <laughs> yards, three touchdowns, and interception. I believe he started 10 of 13. His parents got him a ridiculous new car after the game. Did you see that video? It was like, where did he get this new car from? Uh, I think you have to look long and hard at it, right? I mean, if you're going to Emory Jones again, that leash is real short. they got a bye week coming up. That leash is real short if, uh, if the next game out, he's struggling or the offense isn't moving the ball. The thing with Emory Jones, it's not like he turns the ball over a ton. Yeah. The offense just isn't moving the ball a whole lot either. Right. No, he was not. And once again, to go out there and seize control of the quarterback position against a team that was ranked, what, 21, as a matter of fact. Yeah. The, that, to me, um, demands that you get another shot. You get a you get another shot. Yeah, I would be shocked if Trent Borgay does not start the next game. I will be shocked. You know what I think too, going the rest of the way in regard to Sean Aguano. I don't know, Basinonians, if it's really gonna be who he beats from this point forward. It might actually determine whether or not he gets considered based on who he loses to. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I, I don't talking think about the team from Tucson. I don't exactly. I don't. I don't think it's going to be about who he beats as much as it's going to be about who he might lose to, and maybe there's a team. Hey, you just beat Washington again. This is a good football program. You just beat them. You know what? Um, what are you going to do? How are you going to foul that up against somebody else that may not be as good? Well, the if you go to ASU's page on ESPN, because I was just going to double check the schedule, and it is it's a bye week, and then in Stanford and Colorado. Okay, so I'm just looking at who they have left. Then you got UCLA, you got Washington State, Oregon State, and U of A. So I would say five of those six games are very winnable. And look, you just beat the Huskies. Maybe yeah. you could beat UCLA too. But that's not even the first thing that pops up, Wolf. The first thing that pops up on ESPN's ASU page. 
is a picture of Matt Rule and a story about <laughs> how Matt Rule could impact the college coaching carousel. Really? That's the very first thing that pops wow. up. Okay. Well, I'm sure somebody is going to give him the opportunity. Maybe Matt Rule is one of these guys. He's more Nick Saban. Nick Saban was cut out for the college game, maybe a little bit more. Gave it a go in the NFL. Didn't like it in the NFL, even though he was a coordinator for a long, long time, of course. Maybe felt a little bit more comfortable manipulating college football. I think there are certain human beings mm-hmm. that are better coaches for college. As opposed to the NFL, that that considering what he has done at the college level before, and considering how everybody felt about ASU just a couple weeks ago with the investigation looming and just the the lack of direction, and this is not a slight on Sean Aguano who just delivered one of their bigger wins in the last few years, but Matt Rule would make a lot of sense for ASU if they were able to. Can you imagine if they come out of an investigation with a guy that was just an NFL head coach? And I know he struggled in Carolina. Adam Schefter tweeted this out a couple hours ago. I don't know if, if you saw this, but and there's no there. There's a lot of subtext here, but he doesn't say anything other than Matt Rule's starting quarterbacks during his 38 game tenure as Carolina's head coach. Okay, Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, and that was that was like that was not Cam Newton. That was a shell of Cam Newton. He didn't say that. I'm I'm saying that Teddy Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, Baker Mayfield. Those are the quarterbacks he had to work with at the NFL level. Now I get it. I mean, if your record's bad and, and it's it's if they don't feel like it's going the right yeah. direction, that's fine. But I'm just saying, don't look at what he did in the NFL and be like, oh, this guy suddenly can't coach anymore. A, the NFL's a different game. B, you do need to have a quarterback in the NFL to consistently win games. Yeah. So we'll, well see. Matt Rule is not going to be cheap. He is not. No, that's true. He is not. But they uh, they got to do something crazy over there. Or Sean Aquano just needs to win out and then make things really tough for the uh, for the the higher ups at ASU. All right, it come uh, yesterday's game came down to the very end for the Cardinals. What happened in those final couple minutes? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station.